today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The uh, crowds are uh, dying down because Conan O'Brien's leaving. Uh, a guy that's been doing this for 28 years, that's quite a career. Uh, not going away necessarily, but certainly a change of uh, a venue uh, for Conan O'Brien. Joining us to talk about his career is our good friend Bill Brio from Brio.tv. Anything you want to know about what's going on in television, uh, that's the webpage you want to go to. He's got all the information there. Good to have you back on the show, Bill. How are you doing these days? I'm doing well, Bill. Good to talk to you. Good. You know, I, I've always been a fan of Conan's. Uh, you know, the first time I guess a lot of us got to know him was uh, way back in 1993, I guess, when he took over the late night show. Uh, and uh, he was uh, he was an acquired taste, I think, for an awful lot of people. But I think he, the more he, he we saw him, the, the more he grew on us. Absolutely. You know, he was handpicked by Lorne Michaels to uh, replace David Letterman late night on um, NBC, and for the first few months first couple of years really they only renewed him every 13 weeks you know they didn't think it would work um he was pretty raw but i liked him right from the get-go and uh it was one of the funnier late night shows a lot of emphasis on comedy and sketches and bizarre humor very uh just silly stuff and uh and also one of the best bands in late night well, and I thought he was, as we started to see his personality come through, uh, I thought he was the natural guy to follow up after Letterman, because when Letterman did Late Night for so many years on NBC, it was kind of weird, eclectic, different stuff, and uh, you were kind of like a, you know, your own little clique if you were a Letterman fan. And Conan, he put his own spin on it, but it was the same basic idea, wasn't it? It was all about comedy. It was He didn't get into heavy politics or anything like that like some of the other talk shows did. He was just, I'm going to make you guys laugh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he would do crazy stuff. Uh, the guy under the bleachers in the stands would come out, and uh, he he did a lot of uh, comedy sketches. Will Arnett, Will uh, Ferrell would just sort of show up and do yeah. bits. Um, you know, later on, he would have William Shatner as cat, you know, come out and read Sarah Paul, Paul uh, Sarah Palmer's what's her name Sarah Palin's Sarah Palin's, Sarah Palin's yeah. tweets. Um, you know, it, it was just while somebody played the fiddle, you know, or a bass fiddle, it was uh, always up for sort of the bizarre and uh, fun. And he was a guy that came from The Simpsons as a writer in Saturday Night Live. He'd never done any real hosting. And I thought he was well paired with Andy Richter. Was yeah, a, that was a good setup. Same age. Those two guys did well. And they would do that bit where they would just drive the desk way back. <laughs> things like that was that. fun. So, I had the good fortune, Bill, to see him live in New York. Oh, yeah. I went to several tapings early on, and uh, it was in the old studio on the sixth floor where Letterman used to be, and way back, you know, where Steve Allen used to be, and it was the Tonight Show uh, soundstage, uh, sort of a more narrow space than, you know, he got later. But um, it was a fabulous show to see live. I would always urge people, if you're going to Manhattan, try and get tickets uh, you'll have even more fun live. He would warm up the audience. He would come into the stands and do this crazy sort of Elvis routine where he would dance and yell. He would get so revved up, and then he would start the show. It was interesting to see that ritual take place every time. He was, uh, I was going to say, technically larger than life. He's a big, tall guy, isn't he? He's like at least 6'5". He's quite large, yeah. I know he used to kid about the fact that I guess he had a uh, uh, a treadmill in his studio, or not in his studio, in his, in his uh, dressing room before, you know, because those guys are there for the most of the day, of course, getting ready for rehearsals and everything else. And uh, he said they actually had to take a couple of the panels out of the ceiling because uh, he's so tall when he wanted to use this thing. Uh, yeah, I, I was in his office. I interviewed him there for a while, and 
I mean, we're talking about how tall he is. I think he's six foot, and then six inches is hair. You know, <laughs> he pieces up that red hair. But yeah, he had. Um, it was interesting. I sat and interviewed him. It was on a St. Patrick's Day, which is almost like Conan O'Brien Day in yeah. New York. And uh, we sat for a long time talking. He was a huge fan of SCTV, uh, Canadian. We talked about a lot of comedy, Abbott and Costello, things like that. He was just an uh, interesting guy. I love the bit they uh, they used to do too when they turned the lights down. He had the flashlight in his face, like sort of like the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> the year three thousand. Yeah, that, that, that was it. Yeah, that yeah. was some weird stuff. No, he did a lot of good comedy. All right, but here's the thing: is and I think he's a very talented guy, and we'll talk about his future in a second. He's not going away from TV; it's just going to no. be a different venue. But is his legacy sadly built going to be? He's the guy that NBC and Jay Leno screwed. Well, you know. Um, certainly that's how a lot of people see him now is over this whole Tonight Show debacle, which it was crazy as you and I talk, you know, were saying really he was the successor to Letterman, not Carson. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be part of that Tonight Show tradition when really Conan already had Conan. He already had this brand that was strong. The notion of wanting to be the next Tonight Show guy, I think is no longer there. If you look now, the landscape, there's 12 different late night talk shows, for so many years, it was just The Tonight Show or maybe Merv Griffin or, you know, uh, the odd one of Dick Cavett. Um, and so that model is gone. And now you're seeing, you know, obviously uh, The Daily Show and uh, all these other people doing stuff on the weekends, John Oliver. Uh, the notion of how that late night uh, plays has really changed. It, no, it really has. And, and The Tonight Show, as much as, you know, it had this great tradition, as you say, going back to Steve Allen, then Jack Parr, and then Johnny Carson, uh, iconic, all three of them, and with their own different style that, that made that show what it was. But when Carson left, I mean, we all know it's well documented now, the, the battle between Letterman and Leno, who's it going to be? And, and it got pretty ugly. They made a TV movie out of it, too, that, uh, and there had been books written about this. And it was, and Leno ended up getting the gig, as we all know. But it wasn't too many years, well, I guess it was a few years after that Leno announced he was leaving and I I don't know I know you covered it at the time I got the sense he was being pushed by NBC that uh, you know maybe you don't want to do this anymore and he ended up doing it was a a late evening you know prime time interview show as opposed to the comedy thing uh, which didn't really take off and and as just as he did, I guess when he took over the uh, the late night show, uh, Conan was you know trying to find his niche doing the Tonight Show, and uh, they kind of pulled the rug out from under him. I don't know if it was Leno that put pressure on NBC or whatever the situation was, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I got the sense that Conan never really thought he got a good shot at, at being the oh, Tonight Show host. It was a nightmare. They totally sabotaged him. The guy to read, Bill Carter, has written a few books. The okay. Late Shift was the Leno Letterman feud. Yeah. But he also wrote The Battle for Late Night about Conan and what you're just describing. And it was basically NBC felt that, you know, Jay Leno was getting older, and they set a five-year deadline for him to step down from The Tonight Show, at which point Conan O'Brien would get it, because they were worried Conan was going to go to ABC or Fox or somewhere else. So they wanted to lock him up with this five-year carrot. When it came time to hand off, though, Leno was still dominating the ratings, so NBC decides to give him a 10 p.m. series, a variety show. So it's the worst. Here's Conan's nightmare. He's still following Jay Leno on NBC. <laughs> like, he can't get away from this guy. And uh, it just, the battle for guests got nasty. Leno's Booker was a real piece of work. And, um, it, you know, so as a consequence, O'Brien only got seven or eight months, and then he was gone. But I'll tell you, if you could find that final Tonight Show that Conan O'Brien hosted, 
it's dazzling. It's one of the best hours of television. It's just stunningly good, really entertaining, and uh, a great legacy. Yeah, and and we thought, you know, sadly, because I, I, you know, was really feeling badly about that because I, I like Conan. I thought, okay, give him some time. Because uh, we've all seen this, Bill. Anybody that's taken over that show, and let's face it, as, as great as Letterman was on CBS, and 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 we love Jimmy Kimmel and everyone else. But uh, you, when you take over that, that's like you know batting cleanup for the Yankees. I mean, that's it's an iconic position, and boy, there's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, Jimmy Fallon took his time to kind of find his niche with that show too. Yeah, there's high expectations. Um, I remember going to see tapings of Conan just prior to that, uh, him taking over, and. The pressure cooker, just I remember every commercial break, Jeff Ross, his producer, and a few of the writers, they'd huddle every commercial with Conan. And it was just, they were trying to be perfect, you know. And I think the legacy of replacing Carson and then Leno, it just uh, was too much. O'Brien should have just been O'Brien, the what he did all along, um, at, which was be silly and have fun. So it, it eventually worked out. He, he, he survived that whole mess. He ended up, of course, on a U.S. cable network, which we watch here, um, and and kept going with nightly shows up until the last year and a half, when he's he's only been doing really he's he stopped really a year and a half ago doing his regular show. It's funny we're noting it now because he has a deal now yeah. just to keep doing a few more of these until next year, and then he'll reinvent himself again. And but, Bill, I don't know. Do you listen to his podcast? No, I don't. I love. I, it. I should. Yeah, like, really, he's going to keep being Conan O'Brien, and he's doing it now and has for a few years on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It's okay, I'm like running a that fabulous down. podcast. Every week there'll be another guest. Like, he's had Obama on, but, he's, you know, but, but Martin Short or Will Ferrell or Chris Rock, and it's an hour in conversation. So it's not the usual, like, you know, tell us about your book or movie thing. It's these guys opening up and being very confessional and o'brien uh, is a revelation on on the podcast he literally very very smart as always been he's a harvard grad but much more uh, emotional and uh, i love listening to him you just brought up a subject that i wanted to get into anyone i'm glad you did bill uh and that's the approach these guys take to the show uh carson when he did it i mean he dominated lights night he was the tonight show for for so many generations uh, and he had this special relationship. I mean, he had all the A guests, and he had great relationships with all of them. I guess, from what we can understand, he probably socialized with a lot of them when, he, when they weren't doing the show. Uh, and I, I got the sense that when he was leaving, that uh, they thought Letterman was a little too quirky. He wasn't going to do that. He he, did, he was he didn't show that respect for the icons. And you know, he and I think they they wanted somebody who was going to fit into that. And and Leno did that. I mean, one of the the great criticisms that the critics of Leno always said when he was the Tonight Show host was he just panders to the guests. He doesn't ask tough questions. They don't want that on the Tonight Show. And and that's why I think they passed Letterman over. And I think they felt uncomfortable when Conan took over because he's he's cut from that same cloth. He likes to have fun. He likes to to you know to to get people involved in that and not everybody feels comfortable doing that well leno was the ultimate politician like yeah he, and what he would do is he would fly out and visit all of the nbc affiliates so he would go and schmooze with these guys and tell stories so the affiliates all loved him they led their newscast straight into the night show and they always played it up big so he really was good at working that machine of late night. Letterman, you're right. He would he wouldn't visit an affiliate if he held a gun to his head. Yeah, he was but, irreverent. Yeah, he was. And so 
uh, as a result, you know, the, the lead Letterman started with in late night when, when he started against Leno uh, evaporated after a year and a half. You know, things, the fortunes changed at the networks, lead-ins weren't as strong, and Letterman paid for it. Um, but nonetheless, he still had a smart, cool audience advertisers liked. All of these shows make a lot of money. And so um, that's the only reason why Conan was finally yanked out is that his numbers were just not good uh, as the host of The Tonight Show. And so NBC didn't want their cash cow slipping away, so they called an audible and put Leno back in. Uh, and when he went over to TBS, we watched that a number of times here on cable, as you mentioned. Uh, he seemed to be back in his niche. Those were pretty good shows over the years. Yeah, they were fun, too. I actually went to some of those tapings. Oh, yeah? He had a beautiful studio on the Burbank uh, uh, lot at Warner Brothers, and it was a party. I, I loved going to any taping with Conan O'Brien. It was always fun, fabulous, great band. You know, it was just a good experience. Uh, when, and the other thing we're not talking about is he did four shows in Toronto. Yes, uh, I remember that. It was at Massey Hall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at the Elgin Theater. Downtown. Elgin Theater, that's right, yeah. And it was one of the old stately theaters, yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, a sensational shows, and, and it was fun because he showcased Canada. He had on just about anybody who ever did anything in Canada. Mike Myers came back, Jim Carrey, yeah. uh, you know, and they would come out with Mounties, and <laughs> like it was, they made uh, an igloo out of Canadian beer cans, you know, like <laughs> they, they did all of that stuff, and the city went nuts. I was working at the Toronto Sun at the time, and it was the front page of the newspaper every single day. Well, he made a big deal of that. Was around the time that they had the the, the moose uh, all over downtown Toronto, right. and he made a big deal about that too. And it was he was funny. I, I, I listen. Any guy that has Max Weinberg leading the band, I mean, you got to love, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a Springsteen fan, and when they announced that he was going to do this, and you see Max Weinberg there, and you figure he's, this is the gig he's doing, but it was yeah. kind of cool because, and that was another great connection too, because they got some great musical guests because of their connections. Oh yeah, and. Uh... You know, when Weinberg finally left, Jimmy Vivino kept right on going with the basic yeah. cable band. Those guys, those seven players were fantastic. And Conan O'Brien, too. Like, he, as I say, that last Tonight Show, he plays the guitar with them, and he was pretty musical himself. So, uh, you know, we've seen Jimmy Fallon continue with that talent. But yeah. uh, O'Brien uh, as well. It was fun to watch, but you're right. The music was always so great on the show. But the thing has evolved so much. Like you say, you know, in those days, the battle was who's going to get this show and is the, another network going to grab them? Uh, there's so many guys that are making it big. I, I, I'm a big Jimmy Kimmel fan, too. And, you know, like you say, Fallon's doing what he's doing on The Tonight Show. And uh, it, it's and Colbert, I mean, did anybody ever think that he was going to be the success he was on that show? I mean, he's a great talent, but you always figured, okay, CBS is going to be a second cousin to what's going to happen on NBC. But he's, uh, he's done an incredible job on Late Night. Well, it's, it's fascinating to see uh, Colbert because he, he started out not really finding himself. Uh, and then when he got political, when he got sort of angry, then he built an audience and he became a brand. And now, you know, he's absolutely dominant in terms of late night uh, ratings for people who watch the show. I think Kimmel's come up and he it used to be O'Brien was always in the number three spot, but it's Kimmel for, and it has been for a while. Uh, he's he's the guy that um, if you're going uh, from between Fallon and Colbert, it's Kimmel next. But you know it's just so changed, and most of us watch parts or, or 
five or ten minutes of these shows the next day at breakfast on yep. YouTube or wherever you watch it. It's it's just digested so much in such a different way, and that's part of what's the transition that is remarkable is that O'Brien has ridden all of those transitions, and now on podcasts, he's still doing his brand of comedy in, in a very smart way. Well, I'm going to check out the podcast. Uh, interesting, and just to finish up with Colbert, though, I mean, you know, Donald Trump getting elected was manna from heaven for him. You know, that, that gave him his niche, and it's going to be interesting now uh, if, uh, you know, Trump is leaving, and that's apparently what's going to happen. Uh, but he's got his audience, but that's a, probably a topic for another day. It's always fascinating. Uh, like I can say, if you want to talk about this stuff or get the background on what's going on, uh, brio.tv is, is where you want to go with all the insights and all the information you need to use. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thanks so much for this today. Oh, always fun talking to you, Bill. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.